Are you finding it hard to have a merry little Christmas this year? I have a conversation for you today. And if you're listening and you had a year like that, or maybe it was several years where you went through hard struggles, when you felt like you didn't want to celebrate and the joy and the tinsel and the children's eyes all aglow made your struggle even harder, I want you to write the number down and call me today. Your story might help someone else who is in that de-Christmasized zone, the people who feel like they're on the outside looking in. There were several reasons I wanted to have this conversation today, and I'm hoping that it's going to be an encouragement to you wherever you are on the continuum. Let's get started. First, a thank you to our team members. Ryan McConaughey is doing all things technical. Trisha is our producer. Lynn is going to be answering your calls today. And I have a special thank you to some really important people. I got an email. I want to tell you a story about this. I got an email last Wednesday from Marianne. She said, I was listening to your program yesterday. You played an absolutely beautiful piece of music, which was full orchestra, complete with brass. I've not been able to remember the name of that artist. You did say that you and your wife have collected all of his albums. Could you please tell me the name of the artist? And I couldn't for the life of me (laughs) remember doing anything like that. And so I thought, well, maybe this is Chris Brooks, because a lot of people get Chris, we look a lot alike, Chris Brooks and I do, uh, brothers. Uh, So I asked Deb over at Equip, did Chris Brooks play anything like that? And uh, she said no, and so I went over to Faith and Finance and Rob West, you know, maybe it was him, and I asked Amy, is it anything like that? She said no, but she said maybe there was a station that aired a program of yours from another year, and, you know, that doesn't happen often, but it's possible. So I wrote Marianne back, and I asked, what station were you listening to? What what time zone are you in? What what time were you driving down the road and you thought you heard me? <laughs> And uh, eventually I sent that info to Tricia, which I should have done at first because she knows everything. But at this point, I was really curious. It was a mystery that I wanted to solve, so I kept going. And on Thursday, I updated Marianne, and I said, you know, here's here's what's going on. T- tell me more. And she said it was on Tuesday between, and she gave me the time. And she said, when I was trying to recall anything about the music, I heard your distinctive voice. I listen to you often. I really enjoy your programs. And so I sent all of that to her. She said, I think she heard Charles Morris on Haven. They're offering the John Rutter Christmas album as a thank you gift here at the end in December. And Charles often plays songs on his program. And she gave me the link. And so I sent that to Marianne. And I said, mystery solved. Now, why did I tell you that? It's not to show you the links to which I will go to help a listener because honestly, I was I really wanted to solve this. I wanted to hear what it was. And and John Rudder is worth it. Here's why I told you that story. If you are listening to a radio station right now, you are listening to a lighthouse. You are listening to a ministry that if they are listener supported, is hoping and praying that this December. Listeners will get involved with a gift that will propel them into 2024. And that Marianne said, I heard you. I recognized you. That made me smile because I'm not Charles Morris and he's not me. But what she heard was the excitement that he has about the truth of the gospel, the transforming power of the gospel in your life. And music is one way that that message is communicated. 
and throughout the day there is a variety there are is it is or are we have a variety of programs that accomplish that on this station and I don't know which station you're listening to but whatever it is would you do me a favor would you reach out to them today and tell them that I sent you Charles Morris <laughs> tell them just tell them thank you for what you're doing and if you can give a gift, be as generous as you can here at the end of the year. If you can't, go to their website and just send them a note of encouragement and say, I can't give right now. Things are tight. But be specific about what this station has meant in your life. It's an outpost in a darkening world. Let's keep the light shining. Would you do that for me today? And tell them that Chris or Charles sent you. <laughs> Uh, I was reading our local newspaper here in Arizona. It's a small town weekly free paper. You may have one in your town like this. And on the front page, the story was Christmas in Frontier, Arizona. And it went all the way back to the 1800s and gave some perspective on what Christmas was like way back when. One part of the story talked about the stagecoach station that is near us, near where I live. And there was a hotel that operated and advertised a special Christmas Day menu served at 2 p.m. in the dining room. The menu was this, wild turkey served with beans, brown mashed potatoes, scalloped tomatoes, which I've never heard before, creamed onions, sourdough biscuits, freshly churned butter with eggnog coffee or fresh milk for dessert, plum pudding, minced meat pie and homemade candy, including buttermilk fudge and prickly pear jelly. <laughs> it just sounded great. Wish I was alive back then. In the middle of the article, there was a section for people who had immigrated to the U.S. from other countries and were trying to duplicate the traditions that they had left behind. And one person named was Teeny Bachmann, who immigrated from Germany, who said, quote, we had not no Christmas tree at all. We just sat around singing German songs and crying. It didn't seem at all like Christmas. Another recalled making a Christmas tree from tumbleweeds. That phrase stuck with me. It didn't seem at all like Christmas. The other day, I received two emails. They were almost back to back. This Christmas is so hard. On a bad day, I like to, I'd like to drag our fake tree out the front door and set it by the road with a free sign on it. I feel cynicism creep in, trying to weigh me down. I have to guard my mind and heart, not to wish for every tiny blinking LED bulb in the neighborhood to go out already. And then another, Hey, Chris, I have a prayer request concerning, and he mentions some family members. Far too much to explain without getting deep into the weeds. Tough stuff. And I thought, you know, most of the programs we do here around Christmas are nostalgic and warm and bring a tear to the eye about good memories. And I don't apologize for that. I, I tell those kinds of stories. I like those kinds of stories. Those kinds of stories are real and true and good. But what about the person listening right now who's having a tough stuff Christmas and it doesn't feel like you want it to feel, what do you do with that? And I thought, rather than having you call in about all of your tough stuff that you're going through, I, I wonder, 
Is there anybody listening right now who has gone through a tough stuff Christmas, who has felt the cynicism, who didn't feel like celebrating the Savior's birth because of the heaviness and the longing for resolution in whatever you're going through? All the question marks. Have you ever been there? And then I thought, that person who's gone through that might be able to speak into the life of somebody who's listening, who's right there today. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to call me, Charles Morris. <laughs> I want you to call me and tell me how you got through what you were going through. And I want you to tell me the process that you went through. I don't want you to rush through, you know, here's what I did. Here are the 10 things that I did when it was got really tough and these things got me through. That's not what I'm looking for. I want you to tell me how tough the stuff was at Christmas that you were going through. What did it feel like as you were going through it? And what did that tough stuff Christmas do to you on the inside in the long run? in the process of going through that. Let me give you our number, 877-548-3675. And if you are going through something tough this Christmas, yeah, you can call too. But I want you to especially, uh, there are many people who are going through that who I feel like, I'm not calling. <laughs> you don't, it's too, it's too much. I, I can't, I'm not going to be able to get through it to tell you all the things that are going on right now. I get that. The losses that you've been through, the struggles that you've been through. What I'd really like to hear from is somebody who has been there who can encourage somebody else with the encouragement that they have had in the middle of a tough Christmas. 877-548-3675. We're going to start with someone named Mary Straight ahead on Moody Radio. That tough Christmas that you went through, we're talking about it today at the back fence. I want you to meet Mary. I want you to re-meet her. Mary Sweeney was married to Bill Sweeney in 1996. Bill was diagnosed with ALS. Within a year, he could no longer walk or talk, had to resign from his job. The diagnosis was two to five years. We had Bill on the program through his computerized uh, voice machine. Bill died in December of 2020. So the doctors weren't right about that. And we are forever grateful that we got to have those conversations. But when I went through this topic, I thought, I want to talk with Mary about this because I bet Mary has something to say, particularly in that last year of Bill's life, because there was a lot of struggle there. Mary, welcome back to the program. How are you doing today? Thanks, Chris. It's great to be on again. So take me to that last Christmas. Oh, well, first, do you do you identify, do you resonate with this topic? Yes, I do. I mean, if you were going to ask me to be on the show in 2021 or 2022, I would have had a real struggle, like giving people hope because it was really hard, those first two Christmases. So, um, yeah, the, the struggle 
of um, the first Christmas without him, the, the suffering that he went through that December of 2020. I mean, it was COVID, so we were isolated anyway from everyone. But in his 24 years of suffering, that last month of December, um, he almost died like three different times. We called the the girls home, said this is it, and it was just a roller coaster ride. And um, and with that, we have Christmas lights and. Christmas songs, Christmas movies. So I like associate suffering with Christmas now, or at least I did um, the last two years. But I feel like that God has given me back my joy this year. And I still have triggers and I think I'll always have a sting and will always miss him. Um, and certain things trigger it. His favorite Christmas song, his, you know, favorite, you know, Christmas show things like that. Um, But, you know, I just have made new memories and I will always treasure the ones that I did have with him. What was his favorite song? Oh, Holy Night. Was it really? It really was. And he had to have it sung. Couldn't be a woman singing it. It had to be a man with a deep voice. (laughs) Really? Yeah. uh, But he loved it. He just loved that song. It was um, emotional for him to, to even listen to it. Yeah. There's something really moving. We did a program yesterday on the uh, the you know the songs, the hymns, the poems, and mm-hmm. um, those can those can be reparative. You know, those can be really uh, helpful to get us into that introspective look at what God did for us. But it can also be, as you said, the triggers that remind us mm-hmm. of the relational. And isn't that? You know, it's a it's a gift to be able to remember him. That that these memories linger with you is a gift, but it's also painful at the same time, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it really is because I think, um, I mean, just just admitting they're not here anymore and that there's no more new memories is hard. I mean, that's the thing that I think really hits after the first Christmas. It's like we kept you know, everybody kept on feeling his presence next to us in the table, but he really wasn't there. Um, and just that sadness that we felt that his presence wasn't there, nor will it be in future Christmases either. Yeah. What about your daughters and the, the rest of the family? Do they, do they feel this as, as well? Do you think they feel it as acutely as you do? Um, uh, yeah, I know that the other day I had just this past Sunday, it's really strange that you called to ask me to be on the show. Um, I was like, had a, you know, a little skip in my jump and like I'm decorating and wrapping presents and all of a sudden I felt this sadness and I have learned two years ago, I would have like stuffed it and just kind of faked, faked it till I made it kind of thing. But I like sat in that sadness and thought, why am I feeling so sad? I had this joy and uh, and now I feel the sadness. And so I've learned through some counseling and just help from friends that I have to, we, God gave us those emotions and I, I learned to now sit with them, embrace them and ask where are they coming from? And um, I had just recently um, found out that a friend, a new friend that I had made five months ago had just passed away from ALS. So of course 
those triggers. And I literally weeped. I mean, I knew her for five months. And I weeped when her husband sent me an email because she wasn't answering me. And he like sent me an email and said, she's gone. And um, she only had ALS for nine months. And they had to live for 24 years. We had him 24 years. And this woman, now they're facing their first Christmas without their wife and mother. Um, so that I realized, oh my goodness, that's the trigger. And I didn't sit there and wallow in my sadness, but I just allowed myself to feel it. And then I asked the Holy Spirit to help me, like, you know, get get through this and be thankful. Um, and I know that sounds like, you know, um, toxic positivity type of a statement, but we have to, David did it. I mean, he would, he cried out to God and said, you know, why, you know, are you downcast on my soul? So that's basically what I was saying. It's like, I had a jump in my step yesterday and now I'm like sad. And so I've just learned that, that that is life and God gave us, gave us those emotions and I got through the day. I don't, I didn't stay there two years ago. I would stay there for days. Um, the last two Christmases I would allow myself and then just fall into self pity, which is not where you want to go. Um, but I, you know, I allowed myself to feel it and, um, I just prayed for that family and I have so much empathy for them. Um, and then I thanked God for bringing me through it because he will bring you through no matter what you're going through. Um, he will never leave you alone in your sorrow. And I learned that. I mean, it's a lesson that I've learned and I'm thankful that he's been there with me through it all. And we have his word. We have friends. Um, we have songs that come up that help us good podcasts like Chris Fabry live. <laughs> um, you're, you can't, you wouldn't believe how many times I was on my walk and I would be listening to your podcast and you'd have someone talking about grief that would get me through that day. He just sent people or songs or podcasts, just like literally send them in your lap and lay them in my lap. And it was like, you know, um, um, I mean, it was like, it, it was just a miracle to me how many times that happened. Um, so. I, I, so I've written down two things I've, and there's more that you said in there. You are not alone mm -hmm. in your, in your grief. Although as you were, I was writing this as you were talking and I wrote, you are not alone in your podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't, that's not right. You're not alone in your grief. So remember that. And the other thing is in order to get to where you are today, you had to do the hard work of sitting in the sadness and mm -hmm. not drowning out the sadness with something, something mm -hmm. good, you know, or, mm -hmm. and, and there are times when you, you know, you just have to or talk about, uh, do this for the grandkids. You know, sometimes you have mm -hmm. to just, you know, mm -hmm. gird your loins and, and move into life and just do it. But there is a a part of sitting in the sadness that will lead you to a good place of your heart that will show you something that you have that you wouldn't know had you not been in this place, right? Exactly. Yes, you said it ten times better than I just did, but that's what I was trying to say. Yes, yes, we try to stuff it. We try to, you know, people will say, "Oh, well, you need to do this, this, and this," and 
And it's like, no, we need to feel this. We need to, God gave us those feelings. And I've, I've just learned so much about our feelings, how we're, we're just, and, and sadly to say the church is even like this too, that, you know, the fake it till you make it thing. I've always hated that that statement. I hope my pastor's not listening to your show because <laughs> he says it all the time. And it's like, I always used to tell Bill, it's like, I just don't get that. That's like not being authentic. Like, right. you know, and I, I do understand what he means. Like the emotions and the feelings will follow. I get that. Yes. But when you're suffering, don't say that to anybody because it's almost like I don't I don't want to fake it or you do you do want to fake it but then underneath that's why people have you know other issues because they stuff those emotions instead of dealing with them yeah. and uh, I've done that my whole entire life and I did it you know with this and I'm just so grateful that um I'm I'm able just through time and um and sitting in my grief, like you said, I've learned so much. God will speak to us in our stillness. I've got to write that down. God will speak to us in our stillness. That's good. <laughs> the um, the Psalms, that's why I love the Psalms, because mm-hmm. the psalmist will yes. say these things of, yeah. I don't get, where are you? Where have you been? You know, I'm, I'm crying mm-hmm. out. How long do I, am I going to keep doing this? And yeah. not every one, but most of the Psalms will at some point come back to, but, you know, there's a mm-hmm. but in there, but you are good. And it, and it's like the mm-hmm. psalmist is reminding himself of what is really true and is going to hang on to that. And I mm-hmm. think that, you know, the, the fake it till you make it, I think is part of trying to explain, you know, remind yourself of what the truth is, even if you don't feel it. But I, I agree right. with you. I, I, I agree. Don't fake don't don't mm-hmm. fake it because isn't that what you know when Mary treasured these things up in her heart I've I feel like there is something in her that she knew boy there's something that's coming down the road that I don't understand and I don't know if I can handle this but God uh, you're going to be you know she had mm-hmm. those same kinds of feelings anticipating what might happen mm-hmm. down the road right right mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. So so yeah. so this year is different than than 3 years ago. You've been able to that's going to be encouraging for somebody who's gone through a big loss like you have. Yes. Yes, and and I don't I didn't know I how I would feel this year. It's like I was honestly every Christmas and I know it sounds weird. Why do we put so much emphasis on one day? But it's like uh, I dreaded bringing the decorations down the last two years. And so I didn't know how I was going to feel. I just, until the decorations came down and we have a new tradition now, we've just started new traditions. Um, I have a new son-in-law now, so I have two, two sons now that could help me carry the decorations down from the attic. And so we, you know, I let the kids decorate and, um, and so it's, it's just different but as the decorations were coming out of the boxes and I saw our first Christmas ornament together, that sting where I normally to the last two Christmases before I would just break out in tears. It's like I could actually smile and look at that ornament and, and I would go back to our first Christmas. And it was with, with gratefulness more than sadness. 
you know, it's um, so that that does come. And I know I hated when people said, oh, time heals, but it it really does. But also along with the, the time it you have, you just learn the things that work for you and the things that don't work for you. Um, I was like, after Bill died, I was like calling every widow that I knew. So what do I need to do? Like, give me the the 10 steps to get through this so I could do it right. <laughs> you know, and it's like, that's not, we're all made differently. We all have different personalities. Um, you know, some people are real extroverts and want to get out there. And I'm not, I'm like an introvert and more, private and shy. Um, so getting out and doing those things were um, the different things that people were telling me to do weren't what I needed to be doing. So we have to be careful when we tell people, well, you need to do this, this and this, and you'll be okay. Um, you know, I think you need to ask yourself, like, what's going to help me? Um, and God and will give yourself the you grace. The give yes, yourself yes. the grace to, to allow yes. that to happen and allow that process, because I think that's one of the things I've been thinking about the last couple of years is that we want the outcome. We want the resolution to this. And God cares too much about us to rush us to that. And so sit in the sadness. You're not alone in your grief. And when we come back from a break, I want to I want to talk with some of you at 877-548-3675. Mary Sweeney, thank you. What a treasure. Thank you for sharing your heart with us today, being real, being authentic and honest with us today about the tough Christmas. This is Chris Fabry live on Moody Radio. Are you going through a tough Christmas this year? I want you to hear some of the folks who are calling in now and listen to what they say. Uh, there's a theologian named Jackson Brown, and I saw him on a video one time, who said, talking about a song that he'd written a long time ago, secular artist, um, who said, the only way through it's through it. And the longer I live, the, re- the more I realize he was, he's right. The only way through it's through it. Is there somebody listening today who has a surprise pregnancy. Every time I say that, I think of Mary, you know, and and the angel. But you haven't had an angel tell you this. It's shown up in your hand on that uh, test form, and you're pregnant, and you didn't expect this. And you're thinking through all the permutations of what to do. Or do you know somebody who's in that situation? Maybe in the church, too, Oh, it would be easier just to take care of this early on. Um, that's why CareNet is here. That's why CareNet launched their church engagement initiative that they use to empower men and women, you know, the men who are involved in this, as well as the women who are making a really difficult choice, a very stressful choice. And they want it. Most people, I think, want to choose life. They just don't know how to do it. They don't know how, how, how this is going to work. It's not, we can't financially do it, all those things. And it seems so much easier. CareNet is there because they don't just care for the baby, though they do. They care for the baby and all those who are involved. Click the CareNet button at chrisfabrylive.org. I think you'll be encouraged by the work that they're doing 
but also be encouraged, especially at this time of the year when we think of that baby in utero 2,000 years ago and what happened to him. Find out more at chrisfabrylive.org. Click the CareNet button. Somebody you know or somebody you will run into needs to know the ministry of CareNet. chrisfabrylive.org. Okay, so I've asked you the question, a tough Christmas what happened in that? How'd you get through it? Rose is in, uh, I'm sorry, Ruth is in Florida. Ruth, why did you call today? Hi. Uh, I love your show, by the way. Thank you. M- my daddy died on Christmas morning 21 years ago. Um, he had been a pastor of a small Spanish congregation, and um, he ended up with uh, Alzheimer's. And on December 5th, he had a bad fall, and he lingered in the hospital. And uh, when he passed, he was actually in hospice in my sister's home. But um, that whole month, my kids were really small, and I really didn't feel like doing anything for Christmas. And the Lord was just so sweet. Because um, somewhere in the midst of the days, um, my husband saw a little fake tree that said, take me. (laughs) And he brought that home, and uh, I was able to set that up. And we had um, Secret Santa at at work, and I was given just this sweet little goofy wreath. Um, So... (laughs) served its purpose, and it's still tender to me to ha- to see it, um, just because it was just stuff I couldn't think of and do. And then um, on Christmas Eve, my husband and I were actually shopping, doing the Christmas shopping, and when we stopped to eat a moment, I thought, what am I doing? This is ridiculous. My father's dying. And I was buying for uh, my nieces and nephews and stuff as well, and the thought came to me of something meaningful that I could give to the kids and my sisters, and it was a photo of my dad's work boots because he worked construction to make his living, and um, it was something that became precious to everybody because it was a meaningful thing as we said goodbye, so... You, it was Ruth, just God's faithfulness. <laughs> what you have, what you've just described, is kind of what Mary had just said about sitting in the sadness. That you, it was almost like the uh, the prodigal came to himself. You know, back at Dad's house, and yeah. I have this, and you here I am eating with the pigs. You is what am I doing here? Why am I? And then it's almost as if you you wake up from mm-hmm. the stupor and the struggle, and it's like. It's okay. I wrote this yesterday and thinking about this subject. Could it be that there's nothing wrong with you if you're having a a tough Christmas, that that you can't do the tree or you can't do what? Could it be there's nothing wrong with you and with your struggle with the hard season? Allow it to be hard and just like the psalmist, be real with God. And you said the magic word. (laughs) It's not magic. You said the uh, the divine word, steadfast love and faithfulness meet. That's Psalm 85, verse 10. I read that this morning. 
Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. And that's really what God did for us in the Incarnation, is to kiss the world with himself and to give himself, which is what we needed, in the middle of the the bleak mid, you know, in, in the middle of our longing and our struggle. And you have said it so well. Ruth, God bless you. Thank you. Um, now here's Rose. Rose, tell me your story. Hi, Chris. Um, almost 19 years ago, um, God gave me a miracle. I was told that I could not get pregnant again. And um, lo and behold, I did get pregnant uh, earlier in uh, in 2014. Uh, went to the doctor and um, confirmed it, and I was um, not surprised because God had shown me. Uh, I was at a woman's retreat, and um, I just kept praying over and over again, "Show me your glory." And I saw hands reaching down from heaven, and there was a bundle in there. And I said, what is that? And um, I didn't get a response, but I could see that it was a child. Um, And through various events, he was showing me that I was going to have another child, even though I was told I could not get pregnant again. So um, lo and behold, that did happen, and um, I was making Christmas cookies on December 20th, and I just did not feel right after the cookies were all done and ready to be given to people. Um, Called the doctor. He happened to be on call. He said, come on over. I have other patients here right now, um, and I'll see you. And I'm looking at the wall. There was a big, huge sign that said, signs of um, preterm labor, and, and I had all but one one of the symptoms on there, and I said that to my husband. He's like, no, 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 just ignore that. Don't look at that. Don't, um, and I know he was trying to encourage me, but I was being realistic, um, and uh, by the time the doctor was able to get to me, because there were others that had actually delivered their, their children, um, I was already in preterm labor. So um, I delivered her, and um, she was pretty small, um, but I was also told that he had had multiple children that were born that way, and they lived, and and he was just trying to encourage me. And so I was encouraged um, and just kept going along. And uh, on Christmas, because I was spending every day there, they said, you're going to go home, be with your child, your your son, do not come in tomorrow. We'll take care of her. Well, um, I did that, and then I came in uh, the next day, and she had contracted a serious infection. Um, I, they, they didn't say anything to me. I didn't, I didn't know all the details, but she contracted a serious infection, um, and she died on the 26th. And for many months, I just said, Lord, I don't understand. You told me I was going to have a child. Um, why did you give me a child and take her? And, um, through various Bible studies, um, 
because I didn't know any other than my mother, I didn't know anyone who had gone through circumstance like that. So, um, and my mother did not have a, she was a Christian, but her faith was not solidly found. And so um, I started going into lots of different Bible studies and that I was doing by myself. And he just revealed to me that this was going to be a ministry that I could have in the future. And he gave me a tender heart for people that I could just sense that something wasn't right. And, um, and a few years after that, I, um, started working for a, a health company in Florida and, um, I just have so many opportunities outside of my work. I mean, I'm walking to do my work and I could see somebody is having a hard time or something's going on and I'll say, can I help you with something or can I get you some water or whatever? And I've had so many opportunities as a result to pray with people and to minister to people in their time of need. And I still miss my daughter because Christmas always has a shadow um, where I have to struggle past it. Um, But I also know one day I will see her again. And sometimes I'll pray and say, Jesus, can you just give her a hug for me today? (laughs) Um, It's still hard sometimes, but. I'm thankful for how God has grown me and how he's used it for me to be able to reach out to other people as a result. Uh, And I know it's, again, it's um, almost 19 years, but I still, uh, the loss of a child is really, really hard um, to to get past, I think. Krisha says her name is Eliana. Is that right? Yes, it is Eliana Isabel, Isabella, uh, which is my grandmother's um, uh, first name. And, and so I wanted to give her that middle name. So I'm so glad we got to, to meet her today, to hear her story. Because, Rose, yeah. what you have, you know, here's something we're going to add to Mary's uh, sit in the sadness, and you're not alone in your grief. Um, when you said, this, the, the the job is to struggle past it. <laughs> struggle is, I remember what Don Cole used to say to us, struggle is not a sign of failure. Struggle is a sign of life and that you are struggling well with that. And that you, you know, what I would ask God is, can you give me a tender heart in some other way? Do you have to, does it have to be this way? Why does it have to be this way? And with that, we're asking the same questions that Job asked. And instead of looking at, you know, I want the outcome, you got to be in the process that he has you in. And Rose, you allowed the process to let you call in here, even though you're still feeling it all these years later. I'm glad that you are, because what you just said, I know is going to help somebody else who is walking that same trail. Lo and behold, look what God has done in Rose's life. There's more straight ahead. I have a song for you you've got to hear before we end today here on Chris Fabry Live.
Before we get back to the program, a quick note for you. This segment includes a song that we can't play for copyright restrictions. Uh, Sorry about that, and thank you for understanding. I mentioned a few weeks ago that I thought that we had done our very best back fence post, the video that we sent out. And uh, I think I think the one that we sent out today is even better. Um, we, uh, Lisa Childers was with us. She was telling her story. I did a back fence post with Michael Card, and he talked about the In the Bleak Midwinter, which we also talked about yesterday. Anyway, if you're a back fence partner with us, make sure you open that up. Watch it. You'll see Michael and me together and the mistake that I made when I point. <laughs> it's fun. Just go to chrisfabrylive.org. Um, I was thinking of other people. There are people who had great big losses, and one of the losses is divorce. Um, three years ago, before that Christmas, there's a lot of sorrow over a loss of a marriage, leaving a church family, moving from a small town to a bigger city. I was devastated that my marriage fell apart, but God was faithful. I want you to hear a song. Trisha told me about this, and I listened to it today, and I think that this is the song that you might need to hear. It might bring some encouragement to you from Tasha Layton. I do not know what you're going through. I don't know why you want to drag that tree to the curb and say, take this thing away. I don't know all the loss that you've been through. I don't know who's in prison. I've got a, a mom here who's who's been through that. I don't know the prodigal you long to embrace. We had a caller a few months ago, and we heard about her daughter who was gone, and she still has no word, at least the last that I've heard. So I don't know what you're going through. I don't know why Christmas didn't feel like Christmas this year. But here's what I do know, that what Tasha just sang about is true. All our hope is found in a baby boy same boy in the manger holds you today. And what Mary said, when you sit in the sadness, we had a we had a guest who talked about this, the sweet and the salty of life at the same time. There is something about the struggle that informs your life that does a work in you that nothing else can do. When you remember that you are not alone in your grief and that as you go through it, you can be honest with God, honest to God, just like the psalmist is. The psalmist does not hold anything back. Here's what's going on. You do that and you see what he will do, how he will be faithful to you as you walk through it. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. It never is. But it's a good process. The struggle shows that there's life right there. I pray that was an encouragement to you. Come on back tomorrow for Chris Fabry Live, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.